spent more than 20 years in engineering and then suddenly decided to become a tech recruiter. But now he's here to give you insights on all things recruitment from an engineer's perspective. This is Dubel's Talks with your host, Mark Dubel. Hey there, it's Monday again, so welcome to episode 3 of Dubos Talks. I hope you enjoyed the first two podcasts, and I wanted to thank everybody for the amazing feedback you've given me. As you can imagine, there were some improvement points, but what stood out was the feedback on how it brought direct actionable value to people. And that's exactly my goal for this podcast series. Bring immediate value that you can implement the same day or week, but also can use to train your teams or your recruiters. You're listening to Dubel's Talks. So this episode is a special one for me because it's all about outreach. The number one thing that irritated me when I was still working in engineering. First, imagine getting at least four messages a week from recruiters to know if you're interested in their amazing opportunity. Now imagine 80% of these messages being templated. So you don't have to imagine my response to those, often generic messages that went out to at least 50 people. Ignore and block. It even led to me blocking emails, using spam email addresses and sending out responses with please remove me from your database. And that was pre-GDPR. I was not the only one. My colleagues and my friends did the same and they still do. Because that's what you get If you get templated messages, when you get spammed, when you get spray and pray, if you get a good message, you're going to listen to the person that reached out. But if you get a templated message every time, you're going to block it. You're going to ignore it. And you just don't want to work with them. Now, to be fair, when I started my first gig in recruitment, it was on the agency side. And I saw how hard agency recruiters have to struggle finding the right information and actually having enough to build a good outreach. But to be fair, they still can. It depends on how you set yourself up for for the job, what your approach is. So the recruiter's choice, and this is any recruiter's choice, is how do you treat outreach? And yes, I know that in some companies, you have to reach out to X amount of candidates. But this is something we as recruiters have to change, something we can change. Those old metrics of 50 cold calls, 30 emails sent per week, or 200 emails sent per week, it really doesn't matter which number it is. They have to go because it's based on quantity, not on quality. It's spray and pray with a template, not targeted outreach with effort. Anyways, as you notice, I have a strong opinion, and that's because I've been on both sides here. We as recruiters can do so much better. I know we can, but I still see templated messages in my inbox more than I care for. So on that note, let's dive into sourcing outreach through the eyes of an engineer. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Before we get into the topic of this show, I wanted to say that I'm excited to announce that on next episode, I will have two guests. Two amazing sourcers that will share their ideas and vision about outreach and way more. Mark and Dov are two human beings that I got to know over the last year or so that also happen to be great sourcers and have an amazing podcast called The Sourcing Challenge Show. 
Dove is also the founder of the Indie Top 39. So if you want to listen to some amazing music that's not mainstream, check it out. I had an amazing chat with both of them and I love their unsorted opinions. So check it out next week because it will follow up on this episode. And don't forget to check out their Sourcing Challenge show. Okay, here we go. It's outreach time. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. In the first episode, we have built relationships. We had the kickoff call. In the second, we gathered all that information and pocketed it into segments we can use for sourcing, outreach, and interviewing. So we're talking about outreach now, so all that information will come to light. As I mentioned, outreach is something close to my heart. I care deeply about it. And it's something that we in recruiting or talent acquisition are not the best at. It's something that truly surprises me even today. People still send templated outreach. Often not well crafted, sometimes grammatically wrong, and most of the times aimed at the wrong person. So what are we going to talk about in this episode? We're going to talk about why those templates don't work in most cases. Some examples of actual messages from myself and engineers that I know. Why you should never send the same templated message to people at one company, because that still happens and trust me, it's not a good look on you. How important it is to give, give and give before you ask. Reading versus scanning profiles before you craft your outreach how to write a fitting message thanks to reading, why I don't share the job description or job post in my outreach, how templates can be used correctly, so 30% template max, and the impact of really good outreach. At the end, I will share some practical tips and we'll discuss the impact that it has on you and your team, because it's not just you, it's your personal brand, but it's also your company brand. If you mess up, the company messes up. If you reach out to a candidate and give them a crappy experience, they're not going to talk to your company. It's not just you. Let me begin with a overstatement. Templates don't work. Now, that sounds harsh, but it's true. A fully templated message does not work. But... Now you ask me, why are people responding to mine then? Well, multiple reasons. The person was interested in your company anyway, so it really didn't matter what you said. The person had no luck finding something else yet, so often that's more junior people. The person didn't care about the template. They love your job or they need a new job. It doesn't really matter. They accepted your message no matter what you wrote. And the last one is that the person is in a flooded market, so there are more people than jobs, and then people get less picky. But outside of these reasons, templates are also a reason to get you blocked. And to be fair, they give recruiters a bad name. In my market, where I look for developers, reliability engineers, data scientists, etc., I find that sending a templated message will actually do me more damage as it will actually help me. Now, the reason for that is simple. Templates show you don't care about the receiver. They show you have put no effort in them. And they show that they are not the only ones receiving that message. It's a template. Everybody gets the same thing. Now, it really depends on how much you template. And in some cases, people just adjust the name or maybe a little bit more. But often, 
you see it. And I always like to say, if it smells like a template, it probably is a template. So before we go on, my question to you is, if you get an unpersonal templated message, do you respond well to it? If the answer is no, then you shouldn't be doing it as well. Now, I know that the main excuse is that recruiters don't have time to craft a good message. But now I ask you, is it worth damaging your own personal name and that of your company by sending out templated messages? It's simple. The person you might approach now with a bad message might block you and even worse, share it with their friends of network. That's your personal brand, but also that of your company. And trust me, it happens. I have engineers sharing their received messages with me and their peers. Your message doesn't just reach one person. It can reach their complete network. And it's up to you if that's a good or a bad thing. Let's talk a little bit about bad outreach before we go into how to make it great. So last year, there was a winner, an absolute winner. A specialist technical recruiter reached out to me for a job as a VP of software engineering. Now, I'm a lot of things, but a VP of software engineering? This just told me that the person didn't read, they scanned their sourcing tool, not even LinkedIn, they scanned their sourcing tool, did not put any effort in. And the message was so short. It was, hey, you have an amazing profile. I've got a great opportunity for you. Can you get in touch with me? So first of all, why is my profile so, so great? Why is this opportunity so amazing? And why are you asking me to get in touch with you without you even giving me any information about who, what, where, when? And this is what goes wrong with a lot of outreach. Terms like an amazing opportunity, an amazing company, the perfect opportunity. You have an amazing profile. You have an amazing background. If you don't tell people what's so amazing, how do they know? How do you know what I'm looking for? And how do you know what makes a company amazing to me? You don't. So the only thing you can actually do is give me information. Instead of say, saying, hey, you have an amazing profile, tell somebody, hey, you have an amazing profile because of, and then pick some points out of their, out of their uh, resume or their profile. Saying it's an amazing opportunity or a perfect opportunity, my neck hairs go up and I'm not just the only one. It's people get allergic to amazing and perfect and the word opportunity as such is already annoying. And sometimes you just have to use it by lack of a better word. But I've got a perfect opportunity for you because you have amazing skills is not a sentence. It's not adding value to the whole discussion. Now, the second thing that happens is that they start with hi or hey and not even a first name. Come on, if it smells like a template, it's a template. And one of the most terrible things you can do in your first outreach is saying, and this happened to me, way too much is saying hey i've got an amazing opportunity for you if you're not interested can you please let me know if you know someone now there's nothing wrong with asking somebody if they know someone right but don't do it in the first message because you're basically telling them hey i don't care shit about you i just want to reach people and that's it right 
99% of the messages that I get are either wrong. I even had a job as a VP of engineering, but also a mechanical engineer, which has been more than 20 years ago. And I still get people reaching out to me. Hey, I've got a job for you as a mechanical engineer at company X, Y, or Z. And often in that outreach, you see a template. You see that it's not focused on you, but it's focused on 500 people. It says, hey, Mark, we've got an amazing opportunity at company X and Y, Z. This is what you're going to be doing. Are you interested? And I'm like, no, because you just send me a template again. If you're looking for a job and you're desperate, you might pick them. If you want to reach those people that have a job or are specialists or anything else, you're not going to reach them with just a message. Here you go. Let's see what happens. It's that spray and pray approach. And it happens more than you think. In some cases, you get messages that just say, hey, this is my name. This is your name. I want to talk to you. That's it. No information at all. So it's still better than giving you crappy information, but that's it. And sometimes it's just weird. It's just weird that people actually send out messages to, to hundreds of people and just expect them to say, hey, yes, of course I want a job. And of course I want to spend a half an hour with you without you telling me what it's about. And that's it, right? You're asking people to spend time with you. They're not going to get paid for to spend time with you to talk about a job that you want them to do, but you haven't, gi you haven't given them any incentive to talk about it. And this is what goes wrong with outreach. Out of 99% of the messages that I get, out of, say, 80% of the messages that the engineers that I know get, none of them tell them why them. It's always you have an amazing background, you have a great background, you have an excellent background. Never why. And it's such a small difference in putting a little bit more effort in it and telling people why you. Why do I want to talk to you? And why should you talk to me? Because that's the other side. It's always, I've got something for you. Now you need to show me interest. You need to put something in. The worst case was when a recruiter actually reached out to me for a good job. It was a nice message. It was an okay message. It was personal. It, it highlighted some of my experience. And then it said, if you're interested, please apply on the website. So you're reaching out to me to ask me to apply on the website. This is absolutely the most lazy thing. So you, you put all that effort in and wrote a personal message and then thought, you know what? I'm going to kill it with asking you to apply via a website because I'm not. You already reached out. Your chances would be way bigger if you said, hey, I'm interested. Nice message, blah, blah, blah. Here's some information about the job. And that's it because you as a recruiter cannot... Do that whole part. You put me in your ATS. You, you put me forward to your client. Don't ask me to apply when you need me, right? It's something else if I apply to you and you respond. That's completely different. But if you're sourcing, and that's what we're talking about, if you're sourcing, asking people for their attention, put some effort in. That's the least you can do. You're listening to Dubel's Talks with your host, Mark Dubel. Let's talk a little bit about why you should never send a templated email to people in one company. 
The reason is very simple. People talk. So I've seen this about 10 times, maybe, maybe more, where I was sent a message and my colleague next to me was actually sitting at the same time in his email and said, hey, Mark, you know, I've been looking out for a job, right? And I've, I've got a message from a recruiter. Look at this. And then you see the exact same message. And I will share. Hey, listen, I've got the same one. Because it's a templated message. And you know that at that moment, if it happens to you and you're sitting there, you feel like, crap, I'm not the only one. But then you start talking. You start talking to colleagues. Hey, did you hear something from this recruiter? Did you hear from something from, the, uh, from this, uh, this company? And while they might say no, they might have. And this is the thing. If you reached out to, say, 10 people in one team, and five of them start talking, you know that the rest already heard it as well. So now you basically told that whole team, I don't care who of you joins as long as somebody joins me. It's the least personal you can get, and you're actually telling them it really doesn't matter who you are as long as you join. And that's a painful thing. The second thing is that if you send a templated message to one team, it doesn't just reach that team because you just sent a copy to somebody else as well. It's clear. They see it. They read it. And the first thing they're going to do is talk to other people in the network. If you're lucky, these are friends, family, those kind of things. If you're unlucky, you're ending up in Facebook or in LinkedIn and you're going to be name shamed because this is the thing. Normally, when you get a templated message, you might think like, eh, not so great. But if you see that same message reaching your own friends and colleagues, chances are big that somebody's going to shame you. So be careful because your message is not just reaching one person. Your message is actually getting people to talk to each other. And if there's just 10 people, that means that about 30 people, maybe 40, maybe even 50 know about your message. And if it's a bad one, you just lost your personal branding and you might even damage your company's name. So be careful. If you want to reach out to multiple people in one company, first of all, make it really, really specific to the person. Make it personal. And second, don't send them at the same time. Whatever you do, don't send them at the same time. Leave a day in between, maybe two days in between. Go for the strongest one first and then follow up with the rest. The reason why is that if you follow up and it's personal, it's not that bad. If you make it personal and then you send it out to all of them together and all those specified to everybody, right? They will still talk about it and it's still at the same time. So basically you put a lot of effort in, hey, I'm making this personal, but I'm basically telling you that I still don't care. So be careful when you do this. It still happens and it happens a lot. When reaching out to people, I always take a lesson that I learned from Gary Vaynerchuk in mind. Give, 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 and then ask. In your outreach, when you have somebody that you really want to talk to, make sure you, that you give them information, that you give them some value, some added value. Tell them what's in it for them. Why them? why you think it's a good opportunity for them. Instead of saying, hey, I've got a job for you 
and this is what you're going to do. Tell them, hey, I'm interested in you because of X, Y, and Z. I have a company that might fit uh, for you because of X, Y, and Z again. And then this is the job. And then you actually add value by telling them about the team, about the setup, about the projects, instead of just sending a job description. Tell them what's in it for them. Tell them a little bit about the benefits. And I'm not talking about the money or the equity, but everything else. If you know that a team is super driven and one of the best teams in the company, tell them. If you know that there's going to be a huge focus on that team in the future, tell them. Tell them, give them extra information on why this is an exciting opportunity for them. Don't just think this is an opportunity. Tell them why this is an actual good one for them. So it's a simple formula. When I reach out, I do a give, a give, and a give. I tell them, hey, this is why I'm reaching out to you, give. This is the company and this is what we do, give. And this is the role and this is what you can expect. And I'm not telling them what to do, right? Not, I'm not telling them what their actual duties will be, but this is where the team is heading what the team is doing, what it looks like, and why it's interesting for you. And then I'll talk about some overlapping technical details or something like that. That's another give. And then at the last moment, it's the call to action, the ask. If you're interested, let me know. Now you can do a few things. You can try this, try your normal outreach, and then try the give, 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 ask. Don't put a job description in there. Don't treat the message like a job description. Make it personal. Why you? Why us? Why this position? If you can give them those three whys, then you can ask them if they want to join. So the part that we're talking about right now is gonna be a part where you will find that it takes a lot more time, more investment and more energy in the beginning. You will have to put some effort in this part, but it will save you a lot of time in the end. Why? Because we're talking about reading versus scanning. Say you did a search and it doesn't matter if it's an X-ray search on multiple platforms, if it's just GitHub or LinkedIn or Stack Overflow, it really doesn't matter, right? But say you did your first search and you got 250 results. Out of those 250 results, you're going to choose 100 that look pretty okay. So what are you going to do? Spray and pray, send them all a message, templated maybe even, or are you going to read? So what I mean with that is those 100 results, you're, you have scanned them, right? High level, what have we here? What are the skill sets? What's the experience? Now you're gonna actually read the profiles. What did they actually do? And you will find when reading them, you will probably be limited to 40 or 30 fits, where you think like, okay, these come really, really close. So say it were 40, 40 amazing fits. Now you're reaching out to 40 instead of 100 people. Say half of them respond. Now you talk to 20 candidates that are a great match instead of 50 of which you were not sure. So it's that foundation thing again. If you do your research in the right way, if you take everything that we spoke about in podcast one and two, and you use that to craft your search string and, and your outreach part, 
you will actually source them, find them, scan them, then read what their profiles are. You get back with, say, 40 profiles in total. Half of them respond, you're talking to 20 viable candidates. Now, two things. One is you're only talking to 20 people instead of 50 people. The other part is the less people you have to approach, the less messages you have to send, the more time you can actually spend on those messages. So by eliminating a lot by reading the profiles, you are actually saving yourself time because you don't have to reach out to so many people anymore. While it takes some extra time in the beginning, it will save you a lot of time in the end. And that brings us to that amazing outreach thanks to reading, right? How do you write that amazing outreach? It's honestly quite simple. Let's start with the biggest tip that I can give you. Think about what you would like to read in outreach. Don't think about what is correct or right. Think about what you would like to read first. Would you like to read a template? Would you like to read a unpersonalized message? Or do you want to hear that you're special? Simply said, and you can ignore it, but basically people want to hear that they're special. Nobody has to tell them you're special, but you tell them you're special by letting them know why you chose them, right? Why them? So if you want to write that amazing outreach, you have to read first. Is that foundation thing again? Read the profile. Look at what makes that person different than the rest. Is it the language? Are they very open in their, their communication? Use that. Is their tone of, of language more formal? Go for a formal message. Are they talking about, I don't know, cats, dogs, unicorns? Talk about cats, dogs, unicorns. Relate to them, right? And you don't have to overdo them. Don't lie, but relate to it. If you see something funny in their profile, talk about it. If you see an amazing thing in their profile that impacted you somehow, so say it's a benefit that they held or a good cause that they support if you feel heavily about that that's a link use that again don't go too far but use it and what you see nowadays and this is where a lot of recruiters go wrong as well is that a lot of especially developers put easter eggs in their profiles i actually had one of them i actually had a candidate that said if you're interested in me, I want to see that you have actually read my profile. Go all the way down and see what I care about. And I went all the way down and it was about a good cause somewhere in Africa. I brought that up in a message and they responded. If I wouldn't have done that, directly to the trash. So people are actually expecting you to read. I would expect you to read. You would expect a recruiter to read your profile before reaching out. So why don't we? Why is half of the recruitment world not reading, just scanning? This might be a occupational hazard that you stop reading and start scanning. But if you want to build good outreach, you have to read. You have to gather the information from their profile, package it, 
in the way they would probably like to hear it and send it to them. Make it personal, make it relevant. This is a part where I had some quite some discussions about with other recruiters, right? I don't share the job description or the job posting in my outreach. I'm not lazy because adding a link is super simple or adding some bullet points. It's not about that, but you're asking them to look at the job instead of talking about what makes the job great or the team great. To be fair, it goes to a JD, which is only part of the story. So what do I share? Well, I talked about this a little bit more a few minutes ago. It's very simple. I share with them what the job entails. What are you actually going to do in language and in lines instead of a one-liner in actual storytelling? So storytelling is one of the most important things that a recruiter has. You know your team. You know what they're doing. You know what they're looking for. And you know the company. Use that information to tell a story to a candidate. Instead of summing up what they're doing at this company, tell them a story about what the team is doing and where they want to go and how the candidate, the person that you're reaching out to, will be instrumental to get there. So if you know that the team that you're recruiting for is going for a certain project and they need some added value in the form of name any tech, tell the person that you're reaching out to, hey, We've got an opportunity for you. This is why I think you're a match because you have these skills and the, the team is going towards these skills. The team is actually needing this because this is the goal where they want to go to. And this is the end goal. And this is why we're growing so much. And this is why this role is open. Don't tell them what they're going to do in their next role. But probably they know. If I go from an SRE role to an SRE role, I kind of know what to expect. So the job description is nice, but I'd rather have you to tell me this is why you want to work here. If I'm looking for a job as a recruiter, I know what I'm going to do in my next job. It's not that hard, especially if you're a 360 recruiter like me, it's not that hard to guess, right? So 80% you already know. It's that simple. What you don't know is why you want to join that team. What are the challenges? Where are they heading? What's so special about the team? Those are the things you want to tell about, not the job description. No, the actual value, and that can be delivered by storytelling. And storytelling is as old as people can remember. So use it. It's a very strong tool. Instead of the JD, tell a story. beginning of this show i told you that templates don't work so are templates dead no of course not but it really depends on how much of your message is a template even i use templated parts in my message it really depends on which kind of role right but still in some roles when i know it's going to be high volume because i have multiple open i use a little bit of a template so what do i template my intro who i am and where i work that's a simple little template. However, if I see that a, a potential candidate has worked with our product, I'll change that text a little bit to recognize that because otherwise it smells like a template again. Um, the closure part, the end part, I add some links 
with further information about the company or team. Still no job description, right? But I will put some extra interesting blogs or videos in there. So if it's for a developer role I'll, and it's for, I don't know, the main core team, I will actually try and find some blogs from that core team and add them there. If the company has videos like interview tips or why we like it over here, I'm going to add them over there. But what I do is I look at all the links that I have. I have a master list and I copy the ones that I think are relevant for that candidate and that role. I also have my, my last part. And now this depends if you use a tool like LinkedIn or something else, but I sign with my name and it's a hyperlink to a blog about me. The reason why is that they actually get to know me as well. I have read and I spied on them basically, and they don't know anything about you. So what I do is I give them a little bit of an insight in my, in my personality, in my life. And the beautiful thing is that if you do it well and you talk about the company as well and what you're doing, it will actually entice them to ask you more questions and it, it makes it more personal and it, it, it's, it's an icebreaker, right? My templates are less than 30% templated, if I even templated them at all. So it works. I ran A-B testing and yes, the less templated it was, the better response rate. But some of the things you kind of want to template. So it's simple. Just remember this, read your message. If it smells like a template, it probably is. Okay, we discussed quite a bit um, in this episode. I hope it added some value there. And next week I will talk to Dolph and Mark about this topic as well. But for now, some practical tips and the impact. One is be careful with templating it's easy to spot one. Make sure that you mix it up with personal facts. The second is read, do not scan. Scroll down, pick interesting things on their profiles, show you put effort in, show you care. It will reflect itself in a better response rate. The third one is mimic their language. Up to a comfort level, of course. But look at formal versus informal. Look at how they write and take that into account when reaching out to them. Then never... Ask if they know someone else that might be interesting in the first message. It shows that they are just one of many and that you really don't care about them. If you want to do that, ask them when they reject. When reaching out to multiple people in a company, be careful to make it really personalized. Make sure you get good timing there as well, right? Don't approach people at the same time. And then it's the jab, 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 right hook, give information before you ask for an action. When you invest in them, they might invest in you as well. And then don't use phrases like the perfect job or perfect fit. If you don't know if it's perfect for them, don't say it. If you don't know if they're a perfect fit, don't say it. Be honest. Tell them why you think they might be interested. Why? Why you? Why us? Why this job? And then don't add the job description, but add relevant information about the job and the team. Use storytelling and try to link projects and challenges on the hiring teams to things that the person has done. So the best tip in this is write a message that would land well with you yourself. Be human, show interest, treat people like you want to be treated. You're listening to Dubel's Talks with your host, Mark Dubel. 
And on that note, let me know what you thought. Share some comments or reach out to me on LinkedIn or markdobel.com and I would be more than interested in hearing what you think. Check our podcast next week. Dove and Mark are going to be there and we're going to talk about everything we spoke about today. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon.